Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on a bigger picture. And we are diving into the latest earnings from OCBC. So this morning, it reported a surge of 38% in net profit for the first half of the year at 3.59 billion. For the second quarter, it was up 34%. And net interest income higher by 40%, a reflection of how these higher rates have been fueling the bank's revenues and, of course, income. To unpack it, we've got Kelvin Wong. He is the Senior Market Analyst for Owenda. Good morning, Kelvin. How are you doing today? Hey, great, great. Uh, good morning to you, Ryan, and happy Friday. Friday happy is Friday. <laughs> Thanks for helping us to crunch the numbers. And, of course, OCBC sure. is the third local bank to roll out its earnings. But let's start with OCBC yep. first. Um, looking at the latest set of numbers, it does look quite decent. What's your impressions of the numbers? Did it impress you? Uh, yes, definitely, because uh, if you look at the numbers, it's pretty, uh, I would say, uh, robust given the current state of the economy right now because if you look at the first half of the year, we still face with uncertainty, especially with global macro uh, headwinds. And given the fact that uh, Singapore itself, we managed to actually escape from a kind of an official recession. Mm. And what's uh, pretty much uh, positive at the end of the first half of the result for OCPC is the dividend. So dividend growth, uh, actually, they actually hiked the dividend growth to 43%. So that's actually in line uh, in terms of the, the, the other dividend hike that's been seen in DBS and UOB as well, uh, where they actually announced their earnings results much earlier. So uh, I would say that that actually could be as a form of a defensive uh, play in this period of uncertainty in global stock markets. Yeah, it does look um, pretty encouraging when you look at some of the bright spots. I'm wondering as well, are you seeing any bright spots coming through with the reopening of borders, people travelling, especially when you look at the cut space for OCBC? Uh, yes, precisely. So I believe that the first half of the year has been uh, up due to the resident effect of the uh, services sector, the Singapore mm. services sector. So that actually offers a kind of a uh, key drivers to actually uh, kind of a, uh, enhance this uh, robust first half earnings results. But however, uh, there is allow me to be the devil's advocate mm-hmm. for a while uh, because there's uh, in the coming uh, quarter in Q3, Q4. Uh, right now, we're in a, in a stage of a kind of a inflation stage in terms of the macroeconomic uh, situation. And that has been kind of uh, being reflected in the net interest margin, uh, the NIM, the net interest margin growth. So if you look at OCBC net interest margin growth, if you compare to the last three quarter from Q4 onwards, growth has been sort of tempered off the from Q4 last year, it's at 2.1%. And if you look at the current one at Q2 2023, it's yep. not at 2.26%. So definitely one of the primary drivers to lead this tempering of growth in their NIMP, the net interest margin, the net interest income margin, is primarily the fact that funding costs has definitely uh, is on the rise, yeah? given the fact that global interest rate is still remains pretty much elevated. And all this boils down to the uh, major central bankers on how long do they want to actually keep interest rates higher for a longer period. So in the month of uh, Q3 and Q4, this could be a tipping point. Because yeah. We've heard from the Fed how perhaps that might be the last rate hike. So to some extent, perhaps peak rate has already been reached. So I suppose there's some possibility that these um, NIMS might sort of come down from here. Is that something uh, likely to happen? Uh, yes, because if you look at the current narrative right now, especially you look at the global CPI numbers, from the major economy, like from UK, Europe, uh, especially US, 
the growth has kind of tempered off significantly from uh, if compared three months ago. Yeah. But that actually came on the backdrop of lower commodity prices. Yeah, uh, do not forget that CPI numbers are kind of lagging in nature. So what's interesting over here is that if you look at oil price, which is one of the core commodities product that drive inflationary pressure. So from the June low of WTI crude oil price until yesterday's price about eight three eighty five US dollar per barrel, they actually risen about close to twenty one percent. So if this kind of a growth trajectory uh, resumes for WTI crude oil prices, we may start to see a kind of a supply surprise, a very surprise uh, inflationary revival coming back into Q later part of Q3 uh, this year or even in the early part of Q4. So that may uh, start to actually uh, creep up in the lagging inflation numbers. So this is the scenario that we're watching pretty much closely. Okay. So yeah, because if you look at yesterday, I think we have a headline news coming out that uh, Saudi Arabia is kind of reluctant to actually, uh, or they want to actually continue to actually curtail oil supply uh, mm. production. Yeah. Okay. Well, China, Kelvin Wong, he's the senior market analyst for Ender, helping us break down the details from OCB's earnings. Now, looking at the allowances, uh, we've mm. heard how in the future. No, growth picture may be slowing down. In fact, DBS was warning that loans may slow. If I look at the allowances from OCBC, it looks like it went up by around yes. 211% year on year, sequentially 128% quarter on quarter. So it does look like there is some caution you know, being reflected as they set aside more allowances for potential loans to be um, soured or defaulted on. What's your take on the loans picture going forward? for the yeah. banks. Yeah, definitely. Because if we look at uh, for the Singapore economy, we are actually uh, kind of a, a, a taker or a giver. So like uh, we did highlight earlier on that there is still some macro uh, headwinds that is surrounding the picture, especially uh, up from China. Because if you look at China right now, uh, there's actually an increased risk of a deflationary uh, spiral kicking into the country itself. So in terms of China, it's pretty much a wild card uh, for Singapore and across the ASEAN region. So mm. that actually explains this, uh, we call it a cautionary uh, take from our local banks by upping up their this uh, loan loss uh, provision or we call it allowances to actually have a kind of a yeah. uh, cautionary approach. Yeah. Kevin, would OCBC be the most exposed to China in this case when you look at uh, how the property sector yes. is under <laughs> yes, pressure? Yes. Yes, definitely. If you look at it, yeah, they, they, they do have a significant greater China business. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, do a bit of a wrap-up. So looking at all three sure. banks, um, overall, it does look quite decent. Which one would be the most attractive to you going by the current yields and valuations? Okay, but if, if you look at the current one over here, it seems to me that valuation-wise, UOB kind of looks kind of much more of an attractive, given that at the moment, their share price is still... Is the one that is currently underperforming uh, versus the other two banks uh, in terms of year-to-date performance. So definitely valuation is much more attractive. But however, uh, we also do bear in mind that uh, as we discussed earlier, there are pretty much micro headwinds that taking should take place. And one thing I'll be watching very closely will be the longer-term U.S. Treasury yields. So if you look at the last past two, three days for the start of August, the U.S. Treasury yields has now uh, rose past or then close about eight months higher. And it starts to surpass the, mm. the certain uh, key technical level of uh, 4%. So uh, that actually caused a bit of kind of a global risk of behavior that we actually have seen in the last two to three days. 
So if this uh, kind of a observation continues to actually persist with the potential of the U.S. 10-year treasury hitting slightly above 5%, so overall that global macro headwind could cause a bit of what we call it uh, indiscrimination downside pressure on our local uh, share prices mm. for our local banks. Yeah. All right, great overview of the banking results. We've been chatting with Calvin Wong. He's the Senior Market Analyst for Oanda. Calvin, thank you so much for your time and have a great weekend in advance. Hey, same to you. Uh, my pleasure, Brian. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.